Well, hello and welcome to this episode of Zest Radio. Today, I've got with me Carl Norman from Insight Super, who's a self-managed superannuation fund specialist. Welcome along, Carl. Nice to be with you, Chris. Yeah, look, good to have you here. And um, self-managed superannuation is very topical at the moment, and uh, there's a lot of complexity around the superannuation. I know you've been in the game for a while, so would you mind just giving us a little bit of a background of where you've come from and how you've ended up at Insight Super? Sure, Chris. Yeah, I've got a, a background in general tax and business services. Uh, I spent about 15 years in in that and then uh, always did a bit of superannuation work as part of that. Then I saw it as a, a massive growth area, really enjoyed that side. So for the past five years or so, I've specialised in self-managed super funds. It's a growth area and it's a great uh, industry to be a part of. Yeah, look, there's certainly been a lot of growth and, and I guess with that comes the attention of the regulator, which is the uh, tax office. And uh, having been involved in self-managed superannuation for some time myself, one of the things I've sort of noticed is that regulators start out gently and then they tend to apply the screws, I guess, that little bit more. So over the last five years or so, how would you see the or characterise what's been happening in the self-managed superannuation fund space with the tax office? Yeah, definitely, Chris. There's definitely been an increase in the use of the ATO's enforcement powers. So a new penalty regime came in a few years ago now and they were fairly lenient for the first period of those changes but in the last two or three years we've definitely seen an increased use of the ATO's the powers the ATO has at their disposal and uh, we're really starting to see the brunt of that now it's a very highly regulated industry right so so what are the different forms of enforcement that the tax office has got at their disposal so they do have a number of different uh, measures available uh, for use. So some of those include education directions. So that involves requiring trustees of self-managed funds to undertake a uh, education course and provide evidence that that course has been undertaken, uh, where it's been shown that they have a lack of understanding of the, of the legislation that, that governs self-managed funds. Another common one is what's known as a rectification direction. So if something goes wrong in a self-managed fund, the ATO can issue a rectification direction to require them to sort that issue out within a specified period. And again, report back to the ATO that that's been done. Um, the most common one in recent times has been what's called administration penalties. So this has a, been a major focus of the ATO in the last couple of years. To give an idea, administration penalties are raised according to the type of breach that a self-managed fund has uh, committed, I guess. In the 2017-18 year, the ATO raised a total of 1.7 million in administration penalties. In the 2018-19 year, that went to 3.1 million in penalties. Wow, that's a doubling. A doubling a of double. the penalties in the space of a year. And then again, in the 2019-20 year, the latest report available, only halfway through that year was already at around 3 million. So you can see a dramatic increase in the use of it. And I guess the ATO, this is going to continue. They feel like there's enough, I guess, material out there for trustees of self-managed funds to understand the, the rules 
and now they've got to a situation where they're willing to, to penalise them for failing to adhere to those rules. Yeah, I guess it's interesting, isn't it, Carl? Because a lot of people move into a self-managed superannuation fund so that they can have control over their investments and, and their fund in general. Uh, but I guess with that comes a fair bit of risk. Have you noticed, uh, have, you, have you had the opportunity to have a look at where the tax office is particularly focusing on those funds and where they've issued the penalties? Yeah, well, the main, the, like you said, Chris, control is one of the best benefits of self-managed funds. Uh, it enables people to have choice over the, uh, how their super's invested, how their retirement savings are invested. But with that control comes a level of uh, responsibility and obligations as a trustee of their fund to do the right thing. The main types of, the main breach continues to be unauthorised loans to members of self-managed funds. So this is where they're not eligible to take the money out and they do for a variety of reasons. They use that money personally so 21 percent of uh, breaches by self-managed funds are directly related to loans for members unauthorized use of those those monies it's obviously there for retirement you can't touch it until you reach a certain age or met a certain condition of release to enable access to that money but that continues to be the main one another one is where you might have a related business that you run and that business might get a bit short on cash, you use the self-managed super money to loan to that business, uh, or the self-managed fund might have a, uh, own a residential property that you might have a related party living in, for example. Certain things you can't do, they're known as in-house assets. And again, there's about 18% of breaches are in that uh, you know, direct cause of loans to related parties or other in-house assets. Okay, and I so, guess uh, a lot of self-managed funds have associated businesses, so it's probably understandable that those sort of transactions take place. I know yeah. um, sometimes people get behind in their tax returns for their self-managed funds, so you know they might be one or two years behind. Have you noticed uh, anything in terms of the tax office issuing penalties for those late returns? They're definitely chasing them harder now. I know the ATO have got a particular campaign to follow up. There's a lot, there are a number of, of, you know, a high percentage of outstanding returns for self-managed funds. In the next year or two, that will expect that to be a big focus of the ATO. There's a lot of people behind with their returns. Just at the moment, because of the COVID situation, they've been fairly lenient, um, but I expect going into the new year, they'll ramp up that, that lodgement uh, control program again and, and get that back on track. Uh, they've definitely in, uh, improved their measures around entry to the self-managed system. There's a lot of checking at the, I guess, the front door now to make sure that appropriate people are getting into that space. So if you've got an outstanding tax debt, for example, you won't be able to register a self-managed super fund until that's under control. So trying to get people at the front door and make sure that you know, people that want to become a member of a self-managed fund are the type of people who should. Wow, that's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's really interesting, Carl. So, so tell me, how does it actually get to the point where the tax office is giving somebody an education direction or a rectification notice or, or getting to the point where they're actually coming and saying, hey guys, uh, you as trustee have done wrong, you need to pay this penalty. How do we actually get there? Yeah, that's a good question, Chris. So every self-managed super fund 
has to have an annual audit prior to lodging the tax return. So that audit needs to be done by an independent person who's a registered auditor. That auditor will identify, as part of the audit, will identify any breaches that's happened with the self-managed fund, any breaches of the super legislation. That auditor will, will then determine whether those breaches or contraventions are significant enough to warrant that auditor having to lodge a what's called an auditor contravention report. So generally that's based on the materiality of the breach. So if you, you know, if, if there's a superannuation fund loans to a member, they'll look at the percentage of the total assets of that loan and if required, will report that contravention to the ATO. The ATO will then look at the contravention report and then the detail within that report and determine if any action is required. That's when they look at what the ATA will consider what type of enforcement action. So this is when it comes back, if it's, say it's a, if it's a relatively new super fund, they might look at an education direction, for example. If it's a fund that's been around a while, possibly had a similar type of breach before, that's when they're more and more starting to use this administration penalty as a means of a deterrent, I guess. Right, and so, um... Carl, when they issue these administration penalties, like people set their funds up in different ways. Some people have uh, individual trustees, which is where, say, mum and dad might just be uh, the trustees of the fund themselves. And other people set up trustees as corporate trustees where mum and dad are directors of the corporate trustee. Um, there are pros and cons, I guess, of both. But um, from the penalty regime perspective, can you just... Uh, I guess, give us some insight as to uh, how those notices apply in, in both of those situations? Yeah, it's a, it's a very important point, Chris. So where the ATO apply an administrative penalty, it's applied per trustee. So let's say you have a family of four that are all members, individual trustees of their self-managed fund. We haven't talked about the amount of penalties yet, but for example, if it's a $10,000 penalty, and there's four individual trustees, that penalty will be levied to each individual trustee. So that's so $10, that is $10,000 each, $10, or $10,000 divided between the four? $10,000 each. Wow. Whereas if you have a corporate trustee, a company in place that's the trustee of the super fund, all those four people, members of the family would likely be directors of that, so of the, that trustee company, but the administrative penalty is only levied once, so $10,000 in total where there's a corporate trustee. Right, and, and so um, I guess the members pay for that. So at the end of the day, the trustee gets this penalty and they just take it out of the member's account. Is that what happens? So the penalty can't be paid. It's a very important point. Can't be paid from the SMSF funds. So the ATO apply the penalty and it needs to be paid personally by the members. So you can't use the superannuation money to pay for the penalties. So I mean, that's a sensible approach by the ATO, particularly for funds who loan money to members and think that the super fund itself can also pay for the penalty. It's right. not, so, not the case at all. Yeah, okay. And so you mentioned the $10,000 penalty there. What, what are some of the typical penalties that you see, um, administrative-wise, I guess, given that, given that uh, most people are concerned about the dollars? What would be some of the some of the penalties that would be levied by the tax office? 
Yeah, so the, the amount of the penalty depends on the, the type of breach. So there's significant types of breach would include a unauthorised loan or unauthorised access of the money. So it, the, pen, the penalties are graded according to penalty units. So for example, a loan from a super fund to a member would, the current penalty is 12,600 for that type of breach. There's also breaches that are considered not as significant. So to give you a couple of ideas, a couple of examples of those, there might be a where the trustees have failed to prepare financial statements and accounts. That attracts a penalty of $2,100. Trustees also have a duty to keep minutes of meetings. That also can attract a penalty of $2,100. So there's a range of issues that can cause penalties to be applied to self-managed funds. It's very important that, that trustees are aware of those penalties and their obligations. Right, and I guess uh, a lot of trustees actually rely on their accountant to actually do the financials, prepare the minutes. Um, so how important is it really to have somebody that knows what they're doing uh, to keep you safe here? Very important, Chris. So, I mean, what we've talked about and the increased use by the ATO of the administrative penalties and other measures really highlights the importance of having a relationship with a SMSF specialist. You need to ensure you're using an SMSF specialist. Uh, firstly, to help you to work with you to understand what your obligations are as a trustee. So you're fully aware of that. And also, if things have gone haywire in the fund, to help you get back on track, come up with a plan to get back on track, and importantly, to engage with the auditor to provide the auditor with all the information they need to provide their report to the ATO and to know what the ATO are looking to see. They want to see, firstly, what's happened, but probably more importantly, how they plan to fix it, and, what and, plans are in place. Yeah, and I guess that's, that's important because let's say uh, somebody discovers they've made a mistake um, and, uh, you know, innocent mistakes, sometimes innocent, sometimes maybe not so innocent, but they want to rectify the mistake. Is it best to just put your hand up straight away and um, try and get things sorted or should you wait yeah. till the annual audit? What, what's it? should somebody do in that uh, situation? Yeah, well, I mentioned before that the, the procedure generally starts with the annual audit. There are other alternatives available for trustees of self-managed funds, and this is something the ATO is pushing at the moment. It's, a, it's what's called a voluntary disclosure, where something's gone wrong in the super fund, something illegal, trustees are aware of what they've done, they can lodge a voluntary disclosure with the ATO prior to the, prior to the annual audit being undertaken. They can do that through the accountant or they can, through all the SMSF specialists or do it themselves. Ideally, it's done through the SMSF specialist. This is where obviously we can come in to come clean on what's happened and generally what I've found, uh, and this is what the ATO is saying, particularly at the moment, that will generally end up with a better outcome than waiting for the auditor to discover it as part of the annual audit. Uh, it's also a way of trustees to engage early um, rather than putting it off for, for years and then end, ending up in a world of trouble. 
mm. and generally being penalised harder. Right, well, look, Carl, it's been great talking to you this afternoon and uh, really appreciate your insights into uh, what the tax office is doing. Um, as usual, everybody out there, this isn't specific advice, it's only general advice. So if you need assistance with your self-managed superannuation fund or think maybe you're not getting the advice that you should be getting, um, how can they reach you, Carl? Have you got a contact number? Yep, so we've got a, a website which is popular. So www.insightsuper.com.au. That's generally the best way to get in touch with us. You'll find a phone number on there as well. So anytime you want to call or, or get in touch, we've got an inquiry form there if you, if you, on their website if you prefer that route. Uh, otherwise, a, a simple phone call will always get you in touch with the right person. Uh, we look after a lot of super funds. We've got a lot of experience. Uh, and we're very, given we've got so many super funds, we're fully aware that not everything can always go to plan. Um, things, things happen for a variety of reasons, but we can definitely help you through those periods. Right. Thanks, Carl. And um, if uh, anybody wants some further information, they can also go to www.zestfinancial.com.au or alternatively call the office. And we'll be happy to introduce you to Carl and his team because... Um, they are experts in their field and if you have any issues I'd encourage you to get in touch. Thanks everybody, until next time, bye.